Hello everyone, this is Bernice's online business manager, Alyssa here. While we are so excited for you to hear this episode, we did want to preface this show by sharing about some small technical difficulties we had while recording. We want to apologize for any audio glitch that you may view as distracting. We're new to the podcast scene and we are still learning every day. With that being said, I know you'll enjoy this super juicy episode as Bernice is joined by her good friend and colleague, Rachel, when they discuss business, leadership, and self-mastery. Happy listening. Welcome to Counter Conversations, the show where we encourage self-exploration. We use fearless conversation, ask challenging questions, and shamelessly discuss things like life, love, career, marriage, parenting, and much, much more. It's all in an effort to help you discover whether you're leading yourself through the life and career you want or just checking off some conventional boxes. Counter Conversations was created with the mindset, if my counter could talk, these are the lessons it would share. Whether it was with my teenage children, uh, a group of girls over a bottle of wine, or a more intimate conversation, it's where some of the deepest conversations and life lessons happened. Today's guest is Rachel Inevsky from Matters of Management. Rachel is a new member in my cabinet of close friends, is wildly successful in her own business, and has been instrumental to me in helping me network and grow my own business. I'm excited to have her on the show. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Bernice. (laughs) (laughs) What a feat it was getting here today, huh? Why don't we start out by sharing a little about who you are, what you do, and how Matters of Management services as its clients. Ooh, fun. One of my favorite talks to do. (laughs) Talk about yourself. (laughs) Why would I not want to talk about myself? Working with you, that that's makes it all better. All right, so matters of management, which is not how we were introduced, but um, kind of our common denominator between the two of us in, a, in certain, certain ways we are similar. Um, matters of management is a company I started almost 12 years ago after working in uh, professional services with... Um, with people who spent time advising business owners. So over the course of my career, I've um, gained some expertise in organizational behavior and organizational leadership, and I'm certified in human resources. And in my last corporate position, I um, uh, played the role of marketing and business development and HR director. And so there's no real job opportunity that hosts both of those areas um, and matters of management was able to put them together. So we service clients um, in a way that helps support their people operations. Um, Those people operations are a variety of different things, mostly human resources, uh, programs and projects, but also things like executive um, leadership, executive coaching, talent acquisition, infrastructure rebuilds, um, corporate advisory services um, in the way of people, and um, a whole host of things that, uh, you know, that help a business owner. It's not shocking to me that a service that was not available, you just created it. <laughs> Knowing you is to know that that is certainly how that business came to life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the leaders you do work with? 
So um, most of my client base, while it started out as professional services, so public accounting firms and law firms and engineering firms, over time they referred me to their client base, which is primarily family-owned businesses or legacy-owned businesses, so second generation coming in. Um, and and those guys and girls really, really leverage um, external services. They understand the concept that they need people to support them uh, where their their successors, maybe dad or, or mom um, as a successor, really kind of did everything on their own. So that's, so that's like to give you a little background about the type of leaders I'm working with. They grew up in their parents' business, learned how to do everything from maybe filling boxes or um, or office tasks to now being at the helm of their organizations and and working in between this idea of trying to make their the you know the person they succeeded dad mom uncle aunt whomever real proud of them and carrying out those wishes but also trying to do things on their own their way and their terms so it's it's an interesting time for them and for those leaders you know we you talked a little bit before you touched on um, the commonality in our business mine is primarily uh, coaching but you offer executive coaching can you tell me why you offer that as part of your services yeah so uh, I, I think I think it's due to the fact that every like I believe in growth strategy, right? And I believe in people wanting to continue to learn um, uh, epistemology, right? The the kind of search for learning or the love of learning. So that's kind of near and dear to me. And I, I feel that a lot of leaders um, don't know what they don't know. And especially if they've grown up in, the, in that business, they haven't um, seen, right, seen... Um, other best practices or they don't have anything to compare it to how do they really know they're doing it the right way and um and because I work with so many different types of leaders from all different types of industries um, and organizations I'm able to provide that to them and so in collaboration and executive coaching when I offer that service we're able to look at uh, different pieces of the puzzle so if it's a behavior modification if it is a, a skill acquisition all of those things happen one-on-one in leadership, but also the, another reason why I offered the service as executive coaching is because oftentimes the top leaders or management, right, matters of management, um, don't have anyone else to talk to externally, mm. right? So it is, uh, it's, it's that relationship where they can come to me, they can scream, they can talk about an employee, they can talk about a dynamic that's happening internally, and get impartial experience and best practice advice. Yeah, as opposed to getting it from a friend who's going to give them a more frustrated response as to a more leadership response, how to actually solve the problem. You know, problem solving is such a, um, a beautiful skill set once you can, can actualize it, right, in any situation. Um, and in my own practice as a life and leadership coach, I learned the term self-mastery about 20 years ago. I went through his, um, and I'm not sure if you even know this, but I went through his university 20 years ago, and then... Did you walk on hot coals? I did it several times. I've actually done UPW 
I would say more than a half a dozen times I've done that. Cause I want to see the bottom of your feet. I don't believe it. <laughs> I actually have very cute feet. Um, but I learned the term self-mastery 20 years ago. And what I've come to understand about self-mastery is that my ability to be an effective leader in any situation is in direct proportion of my awareness around how I'm showing up in that position. Would you agree? Right. So self-actualization. So um, there's lots of those epiphany moments for leaders uh, that I've been witness to where where it's almost like – I call it a little bit differently. So it's like a Jahari window. It's like what other people see them as and then comparing comparing it to um, how they view themselves. And then when they have that moment of understanding like, oh my God, this is how I'm showing up um, and recognizing that like the first step to, I guess, in your, your terminology, self-mastery um, would be like recognizing. Uh, this is on the front page of my, my website. What's the first thing I say to people? The best gift. I ever gave myself was to get to know myself. How do I respond in a natural state and how am I reacting in a stressful moment? You know, because when you're stressed, there's, you know, it's just human nature to go into a um, fight or flight. So, um, as you know, I was divorced a few years ago and the transition was difficult. It impacted lots of areas of my life, including my work. In my natural state, I'm, I'm generally a focused and driven person, but I was navigating a lot personally, and I definitely was distracted. Um, I know that this is generally not an area. Um, when you have a situation where your client has an employee like this who, you know, maybe having some issues at home and showing up a little more angry at work, how do you help your clients? Right. So, so a little differently in executive coaching, the way, and I guess in my style. Um, when it comes to these matters, while we are all products of our environments, our home environments, I pay most of the attention to kind of our work family experiences, right? So while we recognize that productivity um, plays a huge role um, in employee satisfaction and in, um, in something that leadership looks for, there's lots of testing on on employee engagement and uh, the happiness of quotient. There's all of yeah. these things. Um, so it's a rare moment where a leader comes to me and says, hey, I have this. Em it's not a rare moment, rather, that, an em that a leader comes to me to say, hey, I have this employee. They're really challenging to work with. This is what I'm seeing. That it might be something that's happening very personal in their life that's causing their productivity to be low or their engagement to be less or whatever the case may be. And so in my role, I am encouraging that leader to to flex their communication style so that they mm -hmm. can learn more about their employee to help them through. So it's let like not that it's not a personal issue, but in the workplace, we want to focus on work as much as we possibly can um, with being sensitive to the nature of things that are happening at home, right? right. right? But to focus, you know, to focus on, and, and there's lots of, um, you know, that's the human resources part of my business, right? So, you know, those are times where we offer things like EAPs, <laughs> um, potentially life coaching, uh, sabbaticals, furloughs, a family leave, uh, or family leave medical act, family leave insurance in New Jersey, like all of those things that we could provide as tools to then support those employees to get them healthy, back to work, and productive again.
yeah, and the reason why I think that um, there's a little bit of crossover between our corporation, like our companies, is because, um, you know, initially when I went into this, I read some s pretty staggering statistics about um, what it cost a company to replace an employee. Um, one and a half times their salary. It's billion dollars that are being spent um, in, in com from you know, companies all over the place trying to uh, replace unproductive employees. So even in the business, it's cheaper to keep her. Right. <laughs> it's cheaper to keep her. But so that was what, what got interesting for me when I started reading these statistics. And then I when I read... Because I was struggling, you know, as I said, uh, navigating my own divorce and trying to keep up with the demands of being a newly single mom and, you know, trying to find balance in, in the transition. And one of the other things I read is, is that the productivity in a person who is in the raw state of the transition is 40% less. That was a staggering statistic. Right, except, that, except that, you know... <laughs> although it's not like a HIPAA regulation, like we can't run around to all of our employees who are not producing and being like, hey, buddy, are you getting divorced? Like, how's your marriage? What's going on? <laughs> you know, is she cheating? Is he cheating? Like, what's going on there? Like, we can't, we just can't do that. Right, um, exactly. So, you know, so, it would be great, though, oh, it'd be fantastic. Like here, you know, we give them all a confession box. Just cut to the chase. Right. What's going on here? Exactly. Well, host town hall meetings and say, and everyone who's going through a divorce, go stand on this side of the, <laughs> you know, like you just can't do those things, right. but you can be attentive you can look for physical cues you can look for behavior changes all of those things you can look for as a leader with your people and then start asking important questions yeah and I think it's so it's becoming more and more um commonplace where um and I'll tell you it's it's to me it's a true act of empathy on the part of the employer okay listen what influencers here this person is generally uh, productive, generally smart, you know, and, and, and on task. What are some of the other elements and how can I support that person? Sure. But listen, I mean, it's a crapshoot. You don't know how long it's going to take in a transition, in yeah. a, a lifestyle change, and in whatever. You know, so I think that while you can recognize what's happening and offer some guided solutions, um, I think that it's also really important to to work with people to say, you know, this is an environment where it should be safe and you should like, you know, people say check your problems at the door. Like in, in, a, in a certain way, having, um, having an empathetic workplace is, um, especially in family-owned businesses, like where, where people really know each other intimately, um, there's more sensitivities there than working in corporate. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I have this course that I teach, um, and it's called Divorce with Direction, right? It's one of the self-mastery courses that I teach, right? Because, look, you talk about leadership, and leadership is not just in, in corporations. It's how, how you, as a human being, are leading your, your life. And, and when I talk through the – when I take uh, uh, my clients through the Divorce with Direction – one of the things I have them do is set up teams and I have them set up a personal team like, you know, a self-care, like if you need a therapist, I mean, if you need um, like massages or working out or, you know, that's one team. The second team is the team of professionals. 
the third team I have them set up is the team at home. And this way, there's really it really does help them to kind of get that balance between, okay, here's work stuff and here's home stuff. Well, and any, anything that you can do to busy your mind to shift a focus off a problem onto something that where you could solve or collaborate is effective. And I just want to end on a quote from one of my favorite people on the planet, Brene Brown. She says that leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time in attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time in trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. I just want to say thank you so much for doing this with me. My God, it was such a feat getting here, but how much fun did we have? <laughs> we giggled most of the way. We got lots of microphones and lots of wires. Well, that, you know, I'm a newbie. newbie. I, I don't apologize for that. Everybody starts somewhere. Absolutely. Know? Thank you so much for, for joining me today. I look, I look to a very long and prosperous <coughs> relationship together. This is fun. If you love today's episode, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and don't forget to leave a review, letting us know what you loved about the episode or even what you'd like to hear more about. If you're interested in connecting with Bernice through other platforms, you can scroll down to the show notes where you'll be able to find all of her social media links and other information.